praying is that, that people here today were making that declaration. It's like they were drawing the line in the sand and they were stepping over saying, Lord, you are Lord of my life. They're saying, yes, I'm following you. Yes, I'm laying down my old life and I'm going into the new life that you have for me. And uh, as we're here watching, you know, those, those five precious, beautiful people getting baptized, I'm I'm calling out to God to say, you know, we're going to see the 20s and the 30s baptized on Sunday mornings in that pool right there. Who's excited for that? What God is going to do. Can we give him a round of applause? (laughs) Believing, believing that here today, that God is going to uh, simply just enable us to touch so many lives, because that's what we're about here at church. We want to see the multitudes come to know him. We want to see every seat filled. We want to see ourselves putting out more seats we have a mezzanine up there. Got a friend, a couple up there this morning. We want to see that mezzanine filled and uh, see God touching the multitudes of Sydney, Australia. I'm excited for that. And uh, I was, uh, I'm just excited. Uh, I was at back, uh, Bankstown last Sunday morning and uh, God is doing great things there. Uh, it's been two months since we launched our Sunday morning 10 a.m. Bankstown service and uh, it is rocking. I was uh, preaching just to a crowd of so many faces I'd never met before. People are coming in and we're touching new people and we're really excited about that. So uh, Dylan and Amanda, our service pastors there, are doing a brilliant job and their team, I was looking at their, their run sheet for this morning and the lineup and Hinny was doing an offering there this morning and Amanda's preaching the word and uh, we had uh, Dylan worship leading. We had, uh, who else did we have? There was our... Um, uh, Dish is back leading the service, and uh, I was there last week, and we've got families like the Oxford families out there serving, and uh, Eddie and Vivian Evans there. It's us. It's our service down there. It was so excited to know that some people have thrown their hat in the ring to say, hey, I'm going to serve, and uh, they're setting up signs and flags and preparing rooms for kids' church, and uh, I just want to, uh, why don't we give God a round of applause for what's happening at Bankstown. Because it really, uh, really is wonderful. And uh, last week, we kicked off uh, a new series on Psalms 23. And uh, we looked at the first verse of that beautiful psalm. And uh, this is an eight-week series, and we're excited for what God is going to do in the lives of all of us over these eight weeks. I want to encourage you to really get into this psalm. And uh, wouldn't it be awesome if at the end of it, uh, we all know it off by heart. I think that would be a brilliant thing. It's only six verses, but uh, the Word of God is powerful. And uh, it is such a tool for our life. And sometimes there's certain passages and scriptures that are just good to know uh, off the top of our head and carry them in our hearts. And I think this is one of them. So we uh, would just encourage you to that. It would be a great kind of eight-week period just to say, God, I'm going to be in church every week. For these eight weeks, I'm going to uh, sit under the teaching of Psalms 23 and allow you to speak to me. I think that would be a brilliant thing to do. If you happen to be away on holidays, good news is we uh, do have podcasts up on our uh, website at c3silverwater.com. You can catch up. But uh, we would just love our church people to really uh, just get into this psalm and, and journey with us as God speaks to us because there is so much in the Word of God and there is so much in there to help us in life. It's not just a, a book of pages that mean nothing. This is life transforming. This is our, our guide for help in our lives and we're all going to need it. And uh, this is just one of those beautiful psalms that we can uh, do so beautifully just to uh, really sink our teeth into it. And uh, I thought this morning as we get into it, I was going to invite um, Angela Wan. She's going to come and read it out in Chinese. I just think, uh, I know last week we had, a, uh, here, um, uh, we had someone, Arfi, read it out. So uh, I just thought it would be good to hear it 
in Chinese here this morning. So, Ange, why don't you read it out? Because I can't do it, so I've got Ange here to do it here this morning. <laughs> I had help. So. Go for it. Um, Psalm 我虽然行过死蒙的幽谷我们的教会也是非常的丰富，我们的教会也是非常的丰富，我们的教会也是非常的丰富，我们的教会也是非常的丰富，我们的教会也是非常的丰富，我们的教会也是非常的丰富，我们的教会也是非常的丰富，我们
you know, some space will be good now, you know, she'll be looking after the kids all day or whatever it is. But I start to read her fairly well. And most times when I say it, she's like, yeah, that'll be really good. She accepts the offer because she sees as her husband, I'm reading her. And I kind of know when there's some needs and some things in her world that might help her. And do you know what? Our God needs, uh, knows us even better than that. He knows us like none other. And He knows that there's times where He needs to make us lie down in green pastures. He is a good shepherd. He is a shepherd who wants to lead us and guide us. And He knows where He needs to take us. And He knows when He needs to take us. He is a magnificent God. And He is a faithful God. A few years ago, I was, uh, it was probably about six or seven years ago, I was at our Oxford Falls campus, and uh, I was walking into a cafe space with Greg French, who's uh, been a part of our church at C3 Church for over 30 years, a great minister. He travels the world, uh, preaching at a lot of men's conferences. And I remember him saying, you know, tell me, Hartley, what's, uh, you know, what's your hotspot for preaching? What's, what's like your story? And uh, no one had ever asked me that before. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know, what it probably is, one of the things that I've just journeyed with God and uh, just resonates with me is the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. You see, I'm a, I'm a young man who grew up in church and uh, at, a, at a young age, I knelt down by my bed and did the greatest thing I've ever done in life and that was accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior at the age of 12. And, uh, and I went through life and that wasn't always easy. I'll tell you, uh, if you're gonna hold true to your Christianity in a public high school in this city, you're going to have some challenges. You're going to have some people who are going to try and rock you and shake you. And I was determined as a young Christian not to buckle under the pressures of what life was throwing at me. I was determined. I was going to speak on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, what I was hearing at Sunday in church. And I was trying my best not to buckle. And you know what? As I stood faithful to God, I tell you what, He has been so faithful to me. And time and time and time again, He has come through for me. He continues to come through for me. He is a good and faithful God. And I carry that in my heart because I know when He is leading me somewhere, I can trust Him. He is trustworthy. We can give Him our lives. And I feel like I'm living out that testimony as I continually lay down my life as often as I can, as in as well as I can. He is faithful. He is looking after me. He is caring for me. He is a good, faithful, and wonderful God. So when I read Psalms like this, and I know that the shepherd wants to guide us, he wants to take us to a place, I know if I'll position myself there, I'm going to be cared for. I'm going to be looked after. I'm going to be fed. I'm going to be taken to a good place. And I can trust my God in that. In Ezekiel 34, 11, it says this, For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock, on the day he is amongst his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. I'm sure we've all had those. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture. And their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and fed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. 
I will feed my flock and I'll make them lie down, says the Lord God. Says the Lord God. He wants to lead us and guide us into a magnificent place. What are you seeing in your future here today? Can I encourage you to see a good future? To look down the barrel of your lifeline and in faith see that there are good things in store for you. That your God is for you. That he wants to lead you to a great place. And if we would just heed to his voice and his calling, he will take us there. He will take us to a wonderful place because that's what he wants to do. He wants to lead us there. We have all that we need in him, in him. Let's make sure we, we, we take it for all it's worth, for what God wants to lead us to do. I've shared this story before. In 1983, I went to the, uh, the James Hardy 1000 at Bathurst. That's the, that famous uh, car race out at Bathurst and uh, my father had a patient and he was the event organizer and we as a family got given some passes to go to this event and I was pretty excited as was all my siblings. I think I'm one of six. I think there was five of us there that day when we, uh, when we got to the track. We weren't just sitting up on the hill. We got taken into like this VIP area and uh, we were uh, there with these passes. We didn't really know what they entitled us to. We obviously knew they got us into the track and then the day got good when we got taken to this like VIP area which had this amazing uh, view of the, the kind of course and down the straight and we were excited. And I remember being in the corner of this room and uh, the room was filling up and my family and I, my brothers and sisters, we started to have a discussion about, uh, I wonder how much it costs for a drink of Mellow Yellow here. Who can remember Mellow Yellow? Showing a little bit of my age then. I remember my, uh, my brother Winston who's about five years older than me. I was probably uh, 1983, so I'm seven at the time. Uh, he's like, I'm going to go and ask. So I, just rem- I still remember this to this day as we huddled in a corner and he made his way up to the little bar area where they were serving drinks. And uh, as he went and asked the guy how much the Mellow Yellows were, I just see his face just turn around in excitement because we couldn't hear the conversation. And he shouted out, Oh, the drinks are free! And there we were, the rest of us, the four of us are like, whoa, we're running over. I reckon we had about 43 cans of Mellow Yellow each that day. And uh, see, our ticket entitled us to so much. Later in the day, Bob Hawke was in our area. Like, it was, it was the golden ticket of the James Hardy 1000. We had that little thing in our hand and it entitled us to everything that day you could ever want as a seven-year-old kid free drinks all day, free food all day, the best seats in the house, hanging out with my brothers and sisters. It was just such a great thing. And you know what? In life, we can expect good things for our future because we know we've got all we need in Him. We have all we need in Him. If we would just allow Him to lead us to where He wants to take us. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I love Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter. Not just shines brighter, it shines ever brighter until the perfect day. When we're in Him, we can expect this because my Bible says that Jesus, He is a good shepherd. He is the great shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. John 10.11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. How good is Jesus? Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, 
that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And 1 Peter 5, 4, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. I don't think there's a Shepherd World Championship Tour out there, but if there was, I think Jesus would be winning the title. He is the good shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. He is the great shepherd. That is our Jesus, our beautiful, beautiful Jesus. And here we are in this scripture. And David himself, before he became king, him himself was a shepherd. So he understood the elements of what a shepherd was to do. And he would have known very well that sheep aren't the smartest ones out in the animal kingdom. When I was um, at school, I actually had sheep roaming my high school, all of my high school life. I went to a high school in Sydney, and we were only uh, one of a few schools that taught the subject agriculture. On the northern beaches of Sydney, I wonder if it's still taught to this day, but we had like, you know, we had plots of land that we would uh, sow crops and... uh, but we had these sheep, and they roamed our school all day long. I felt sorry for those sheeps. I once sheared one of those sheeps. didn't look too good at the end of my shearing attempt with quite a lot of cuts on its poor little body. There was once a day where I cut the tail off one of the sheeps at the school. True. Now, you do go and put a, this, like, who knows, you go and put, like, a rubber ring around it. That Thank goodness it doesn't fall off right there while you do it, but you know it. Someday during the next couple of weeks at school, some little kid's going to look on the playground and go, what's that lying on the ground? It's going to be a sheep's tail, but it's all good. It's for, it's for the well-being of the sheep. It actually needs that to stop some diseases and so forth. And uh, it wasn't uh, a good time to be a sheep when it was like year 12 muck-up day, because who knows that they were easy picking for just a little bit of spray paint across their beautiful fleece. And uh, we had these sheep. But, um, you know, as I've looked into, you know, what, 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 why would a sheep maybe not lie down when a shepherd said, and uh, there's certain things that uh, sheep uh, need to have going well for them, otherwise they won't actually be in a place of rest. For one of them, they're, uh, they're timid. If they're afraid, they won't go and lie down. It's one of the things that a sheep uh, won't do. They're, uh, they're quite social beings, and if there's friction between them and another sheep, they won't feel like they can come and lie down. If there's flies or parasites troubling them, they will not lie down. If they're anxious about food or hungry, they will not lie down. But rest comes because the shepherd has dealt with the fear, with the tension, with the aggravations and the hunger. Peace comes because the shepherd is caring for them in those areas. Who knows? we as people sometimes are just like the sheep and things happen in life and struggles come our way yet the shepherd is there trying to overcome all of those things so that we don't have to deal with them because Jesus is victorious he has conquered it all and if we would just allow him to be what he wants to be in our life making him Lord fear, tension, aggravations hungers can all be dealt with. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That is our God. It's Him who actually makes it possible for us to lie down, to relax, to be content, to be quiet, to be flourishing in this life. Now, I know a good shepherd, a great shepherd, is a mighty chief shepherd to you here today. 
Do you allow him to be what he wants to be? Because a flock is often restless, disconnected, aggravated and disturbed. If they're in that state, they never do well. And we're exactly the same. If we're in those states, we're not in a position to flourish. But when we are in a good place, letting the shepherd be the shepherd, we can thrive. Words don't really describe how grateful I am in in, in our household for the part uh, of my wife that she plays in our household because if I've ever seen someone walking so beautifully how to know to tap into what God has for all the challenges of life, my wife knows how to do it. She knows how to go to God. There's situations and circumstances in our household and our family that happen in our work life that are things that could rock people and sometimes, you know, things that could happen to people that would see them in, in deep, you know, dark lows and, and through long periods of challenge. But I just love how my wife, Natalie, knows how to go to God. She knows how to go to Him. She knows how to go in prayer. And I see her doing this all the time. And what I love is she just pops out of things so quickly all the time. She doesn't let the weights of the world and the challenges of life bog her down. She knows how to go to God. And it brings so much peace into our house. Very little rattles her because very quickly she's learned. She goes to prayer. She goes to the Word. She goes to prayer. She goes to the Word. And it's such a beautiful thing. She allows herself to be taken to the green pastures, to be taken to the still waters. Last night at quarter to nine, I'm at, I'm at home in the lounge kind of area uh, preparing uh, my word, you know, going over it again for this morning. And, uh, and there's, uh, I can hear prayers coming out from down the hallway and I, I go down the hallway and, and they're sitting on the end of our bed. We, like so often happens with young children, there's a, a, bed, a child in our bed who's not meant to be there, but he's asleep in our bed. And, but there's Natalie at quarter to nine on a Saturday night with one candle in the corner of the house sitting on the end of the bed praying, praying. I know what she would have been praying about. She would have been praying about today, what God's going to do in the house of God. But she knows how to tap into that place. And it is such a strength for her her walk. And and we live the blessed family life because of it. Can we just applaud Pastor Nat here this morning? Because she leads in it in such a beautiful way. And I get to experience it. But I know the fruit that's coming and and bubbling out of her life because she knows how to do that. And she does that. And I think what a great example for our children to see a mother doing things like that. It's a beautiful thing. God wants to take us and lead us. Let's not be like the Israelites. That was an 11-day journey that took them 40 years. 11 days it should have taken them. But because of their their unbelief and their unfaithfulness and a whole lot of things, it, it took them 40 years that could have taken them 11 days. And I believe the Lord would have wanted to take them straight away out of that beautiful place of flowing with milk and honey. It was good pastures, but they didn't get there in the time they should have. Let's learn from that. Let's get good at going to Him, letting Him be the shepherd that He wants to be. Because there is no better way. There's not things in the world that can give us the peace that God can give us. Do we know that? He is the peace giver. He is the peace giver and things in the world do not give what God can do it. Do you know that sheep, they're just, they're interesting creatures. Even a stray rabbit coming out of a bush can cause havoc to a whole flock. They're not smart creatures. Sometimes one of them will see something like a rabbit, start making hay and just start running 
other sheep will have no idea what scared them, but because they see that sheep running, they start running. So before you know it, one little rabbit coming out of a bush can just send havoc into a, a flock of sheep, and they start scattering everywhere. They've got no idea what's going on, and uh, all sorts of you know, things are happening, and they're just not in a good place, and they're not in a right mind, and uh, that reminds me of the world. That reminds me of what can happen out in the world. But I love the rock that we get to stand on in Christ, in the house of God. We do not have to live like the sheep. We do not have to live like the sheep. They're just, they're wired that way. It's how they are. But if we keep going to God, that is the good place. You know, there's even been reports that two dogs, I read a report once, killed 292 sheep, two dogs one night. See, the thing was, on on that occurrence, there was no shepherd there to care for the sheep. And one of the things we must do in life, the safest place in life, is to have the shepherd nearby. Don't live in a way where the shepherd is far and distant from you and your life. Make sure you're living where the shepherd is close. That is the best way to live the Christian life. Fear can be dismissed replaced with peace. Pressures dismissed, replaced with peace. Concerns with peace. Worry with peace. Anxiety with peace. And at C3, we want to lead you to point you to Jesus because he is the peace giver. He is the peace giver. Make sure peace is the umpire of your life. I believe our greatest potential will lie in our ability to be led to the place of peace and rest. But let the Lord lead us there. I loved hearing Una today talk about she felt the Lord was, you know, leading her to take that step today. That is a great way to live life, being led by Him in circumstances and decisions in your life. Live like that. If you're not feeling good to go and date that person, guess what? Probably don't go and date them. It's probably the Lord speaking to you. If that job interaction with that person, you're just feeling like, oh, it's not feeling good. It's not fit. Often that is the Lord leading you, sending up some warning signs to maybe not take the step. We've got to live people who are hearing the voice of the shepherd, who are following where the shepherd wants us to go, who are going to the place where he is leading because he can be trusted. Do we know that, church? He can be trusted. Trust him. Give him your life the best way to do it. Jeremiah 29, 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Live in that place. Live in that place. There is great peace in Christ. The relationship with him when it is close and, and close by, it is the best place to live. It says in Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, but we need to come back. We need to come back. In Psalms it says, let us know that we are the sheep of his pasture. Stay close. Stay close. Make sure he's in your world. And if he's not today, if you know that he is far, just start taking the steps to bring him close. Take the practical steps to bring him close. In church regularly. In prayer all the time. Reading the word watching good things with you. There's just so many things that we can do that we've got to do in this life to make sure we're letting the shepherd lead us and guide us. 
I actually don't like getting up early in the morning, but pretty much just about every morning of my life right now, I'm getting up early because I know I have an appointment with Him. And I know, although my flesh is saying, more sleep, more sleep, I know that I need to get up and I need to do it. And there's times the snooze button gets hit multiple times, but ultimately I still make sure I roll out of that bed in time to make sure before the the day hits with the speed of what it's going to bring, I've spent time with Him. I've allowed Him to speak to me. I've prayed and I've got myself in a good position where I'm literally saying, stay close to me, Lord. Stay close. I don't want to push you away. I don't want to have you slip away. Because it's us. I love that God is always there for us. It's up to us. The decision is up to us. The ball is in our court. Wimbledon's on right now. When the ball's in your side of the court, it's up to you what you do with it. Right now, the ball's in our court. What are we going to do? Find the time. Find the place. Find your routine. Do it. You will see incredible benefits for your life. And he will be able to lead you to those beautiful green pastures that he has for your life. You don't have to live life with confusion. You can live life with clarity. You can live life with peace. Some of the biggest decisions you'll ever face in life, you can carry peace into them if you'll hear him. I never knew if, uh, when I would get married if it would really feel that right or, or be the one. I knew without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, at the front of a church 14 and a half years ago, that I'd made a good choice because the Lord had spoken to me about marrying Natalie. I carried that in my heart. I had that in my heart. And I love that he can do that over the big cause, over the little courts. So when is your time in your life to make sure that you're walking closely with him? You know, there's 168 hours in a week. We walk, a lot, a lot of us, maybe 40, maybe 30, maybe 50 hours of that maybe about 56 hours of sleeping, a lot less if you're Lebanese, because they have this little Lebanese coffee thing that uh, you've drank that, that'll at least minus three hours of sleep that night, and you probably operate on about four hours, and Mick and Rhonda are saying, you're so right there, Hartley. But even for those that do maybe get close to 56 hours of sleeping, there are 72 hours left in our week. That is a lot of hours to find time to walk with the Lord. That is a lot of hours. Find your time, find your place, make it part of life. You will be benefited to such a great degree. Wait on him. The phones, aren't they just tempting to keep going to them? I have this bad thing at the moment where I start those early morning times with the Lord and for some reason, I want to know what the temperature is outside. I don't know why, I'm just like tempted to go into my weather app. I've got two of them. I think they're on the front screen. I'm like tempted to go on to see how cold it is. I'm like, oh, it feels chilly in here this morning. I wonder what temperature. I'm like, seriously, it happened this morning. I literally put the thing down to start to pray. And I'm like, and I'm like, I wonder what the temperature is outside. I, I had to literally go, not now, Hartley, not now. It can wait. But we're all going to experience that. But we've got to make sure we have some time in our day where maybe those things just lay aside, even if it's for a handful of minutes to be exclusive with him. Get the peace coming into our lives from him. He is, as the Bible says, he is the Prince of Peace. Oh, I want to make sure my life 
My life is led by the Prince of Peace and nobody else. Pastor Phil Pringle says, get to know the Lord and you'll get to know the peace of God. Isn't that beautiful? We can have peace in a highly pressured life. Oh, how he wants us. And he wants to lead us beside still waters. I'm a surfer. Generally, surfers don't like the still waters. We like some size out there in the ocean. We like waves that are powerful and big, and, uh, and that's the exciting stuff. But overall in life, life's not meant to be lived where it's just, you know, non-stop, big waves, it's windy, it's like, it's hard. It's like, there's going to be times in life where we need to be led by the still waters. And no matter what's happening around us, God can lead us to that place, even in the middle of the biggest storm. And I love the image of a still water, and I I found an image that we'll put up on the screen now that really kind of amplifies to me about, you know, what windy waters are like and what still waters are like. We've got that picture for the screen, and this is kind of what I think about is that top one, which is probably the last conditions Mix about wants to go fishing in, where it's, you know, that kind of windy and the swell, and then there's that beautiful still waters of a lake like in that bottom picture. That's where the Lord wants to lead us to, the still waters, the beautiful place. And as the band comes up right now, I want to encourage us here today to keep finding the place. You know, even God, he created, you know, everything and he needed to rest. And we need to all rest. We need to find our rhythms in life. But don't, make sure you don't live life in a way that the only rest that you can foresee is four weeks a year on annual leave. Don't live like that. You can find rest all the time in Him. In Him. Bit of prayer here, opening the Word, bit of quiet time, whatever it is, it is there and available for us all the time. Even here today, you can make a decision, oh, I want to go, I want to go further into you, Lord. I want to go deeper into you. As I said, the safest place in life is when the shepherd is near. When the shepherd is near, The protection in that place is tremendous. What you can carry in that place is so beautiful. So if you're here today and you know that relationship is not quite what you want, I just want to encourage you in your heart of hearts today to say, Lord, today's the day. Like those people today made a decision to leave the old behind and step into their new life in Christ. Here today, we can all make that decision. Lord, the alarm is going to go off a little bit earlier tomorrow. Lord, I'm not going to check the weather in the morning when I'm meant to be praying what temperature it is outside. Whatever it is for all of us, we can go there. Oh, the Word of God, what God has for all of us. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters. Why don't we just stand to our feet and just even let that very verse, even in the still before we end in the song here today, Just touch us. Just wash over us. Just where the presence of God is, there is peace. The presence of God is here right now. I encourage you to open up your hearts to what God has for you in your future. See a good future. He is good and faithful. He will guide you and lead you exactly where he knows is good for you. But you need to let him and allow him to do that. We can trust, church. He is trustworthy.
just maybe lift your hands up. Lord God, we stand before you right now. We thank you for the good shepherd, the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. We're so grateful that you will guide us and lead us in this life. We thank you that even in the midst of hard circumstances and stormy situations, you can still take us to a great place of peace, of rest, of clear thinking, of fulfillment, of joy. We thank you. You're all that we need. You're all that we need in this life. And right now in this auditorium with the presence of God, Oh, we open up our hearts and we ask for you to come and touch each and every one of us. Oh, that we would hear the voice of the shepherd. We would allow the shepherd to guide us and lead us where he would determine that we can trust him. Touch every single one of us, we pray, here in the house of God this morning. And everybody said, amen. Amen. He is a good God. Can we give him a round of applause here today? We're going to go into a final song here. As we sing this song of worship, this is another great chance, even in these next couple of minutes, just to continually press in, to continually open up to Him and say, God, I'm yours. I give you 100%. I'm not letting to live this life. Just, just giving you part of my life. Give Him it all. Give him it all. He can be trusted. He is a good God. As we sing this final song here today, give him your life. Hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah.
the one that leads us beside still waters. He leads us into green pastures. How oh, we thank you, Good Shepherd. How oh, we thank you here today. You're so good, Chief Shepherd.